Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode number 59 of Preston Jensen's podcast. I'm your host. If you're new here, my name is Preston. And tonight I've got my wife on the show to talk a little bit about technology in the classroom. <laughs> and uh, But before we talk about that, I've got some things I got to ask her about. Uh, what do you think about this setup? It's changed a little bit since you've been here last. It, it looks great. I mean, I don't know how to run any of it, so as long as you do, it seems like works the for me. technology keeps getting more in-depth, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's getting... More buttons. <laughs> a lot of buttons. A lot of things are happening. I talked about the Stream Deck in the last episode, and it has been a lifesaver for me. Um, it's been a lot of fun to monkey around with, and... I've told a lot of people about the Stream Deck, not only content creators, but people who just use technology in their workplace. Uh, I feel like it's something that's it's not new. It's been out for a long time, but I still feel like it's something that's very useful uh, for somebody even possibly in a classroom. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get to that uh, with the software you're going to be talking about. Um, but I know everyone is dying to know, who are you taking in the NBA Finals tonight? Game one. <laughs> what are what are my choices? You've got the Phoenix Suns mm-hmm. or the Milwaukee Bucks. The Suns. Suns? All right. Is that a I good th- choice? I think it's a good choice. Um, I guess I'm not sure. If they've both made it, they're probably both good choices, right? Very good choices. However, one of the best players for the Bucks is out, so that might make your Suns well, choice even better. But uh, I don't know. I, it's going to be interesting. The fun thing about it for me is that it's not the usual teams. Usually it's whoever LeBron plays for and someone else. And this year it's going to be fun to have two new teams in. So mm-hmm. um, after we get done recording this, <laughs> do you want to run upstairs and watch the game? <laughs> we'll see. See, I, fi- I figure if I ask her on the podcast that you're kind of locked in, but uh, no. Uh, tonight, we want to talk a lot about technology in the classroom, and the reason we thought about talking about this in the podcast is that you just got done with a recent training. Yep. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the app that you're training for and uh, what the training exactly is for. Uh, well, I think we've mentioned it in previous episodes um, using the Seesaw app in the classroom. And I, I can't remember everything that we've talked about before. I don't know if we've gone in depth about anything, but um, Seesaw has been around for quite a while. Um, I know for sure since 2015, I'm guessing even sooner than that. But um, it, it it's like a communication app along with you're able to deliver instruction and activities and assignments. And it became really big when COVID all hit and people had to teach from home and students had to be able to somehow digitally get their assignments and turn them in. And um, so last summer I took a course to become a Seesaw ambassador. And so what a Seesaw ambassador is, is they, they help um, teach about it to like their schools and their districts. Um, And so that was my refresher course was, anything new that they're going to have for Seesaw this year. And so they updated all um, the information that they're adding to that. And then they also kind of refreshed some things that they had just recently in like the last six months or so introduced. So here's the test. What's new this year? 
the okay so something big is that um it's and if you know the app you'll know what i'm talking about but we're able to well actually probably for most of the people on this podcast probably don't they know don't it. know so right right okay talk so, to us like we're so, a third grader like i mentioned it's a commun- a, a big part of it is a communication communication app and so um things that my students um, complete or, or activities that I assign to them, they can, um, you know, complete them and then I approve them and then parents can see that. And so there's two different apps. There's a class app and there's a family app. And so with the family app, I'm actually able to communicate with parents and I and in families and I'm able to send messages. Like I used to do a, a um, weekly newsletter that I would send home and instead of printing out a weekly newsletter. I just push it out on Seesaw every Friday. And so one thing is, um, is, is that it was always difficult to send like an individual message to a student, which wasn't a big deal, I guess, in my situation with first grade. We only had iPads once a week. Um, we all, we were in school face to face, so we weren't, um, I didn't have to worry about them being at home, but now they're going to come out with a messages portion to Seesaw. And so you'll actually be able to message individual students or groups of students. You'll be able to pick which students. You can um, message other teachers, which we've never been able to do. Um, I can message administrators on the app so and families. Um, so that's going to be kind of new. Um, it's actually on a wait list. So that's not something that's even out right now. So it's kind of like a beta firmware at this point? Must be. Yeah. So I had to I had to email them to get onto a wait list okay. to hopefully get it for our district. So in order for this to work, it seems like everyone has to adopt the system, correct? Do all the administrators and all the teachers and well, all the parents well, have to Seesaw, be on the system? CESA is free. It is free, but you don't get all, you know, the bells and whistles of the program. You don't get to do everything. You don't get unlimited access to things. Um, and so um, we actually, before school started last year, we got Seesaw for schools. So we do pay for that, but then K through 5, we all use Seesaw. So parents will never have to download multiple apps because there's so many communication apps out there for schools. What are some of the other ones? What are some of the competitors there's, that there's other There's things like Class use? Dojo, Remind, but they don't they don't do what Seesaw does. Like they don't you can't assign activities. Like I can create an assignment and an activity that I do in my classroom and I can change it up and and do things so that I can push it out to my kids. And they do it that way, you know. So does it? Are you able to uh, keep track of grades through yes. Seesaw? Yes. Okay. So this, in turn, is your grade book, all the uh, communication. Right. Your I parents. got everything right there, and I can I can go into their assignment and I can edit it. Like I can make comments on it. Like, oh, you were so close, but you mixed this around, and I'm able to add stickers to their things. Like I always have stickers on their papers. I'm able to do that. A digital sticker. Um, I'm able to send it back if I need them to fix things. Mm-hmm. And and so, um, and then, like I said, once they've completed it and like it's what I want or like I can see where they're at, I'm able to approve that. And then the parents can see it and parents can comment on it. So that's kind of awesome. I'm kind of glad I'm not a student in <laughs> 2021 here. Um I don't know if it would be awesome to have constant feedback with your teacher, your parents, and the administrators all in one place. 
Well, and administrators aren't usually like in on it. Like administrators, they're talking like um, people who kind of oversee the program. Like they're the ones that add our students into the into the database. And what's really awesome about Seesaw for Schools is that once a kid is in our system, we never have to load them up. Like if I had, like I, I've used Seesaw in my classroom before we had Seesaw for Schools and it was free, but then next year, the next teacher would have to load all those kids themselves where now all our kids are in the program and their portfolio will follow them every year. That sounds very slick for the teachers. Mm -hmm. And the families, because then the families, once they're in, they're in. So tell me this, in a normal post-COVID world, mm -hmm. do you still think Seesaw will have a place? 100%. You think this is the way things are going to go? They're going to move 100% with the with the activities and everything that it allows because that was really big before. Mm -hmm. um, just for me, I mean, I communicated daily with my families. And so like my notifications show up like a text on my phone, which I can silence that, you know, I don't have to get notified. I can check them on my computer. It was so much more convenient for my families and for myself than even just having an email. I use this way more than I used my email because all my families were on it. Well, that sounds very cool. And it sounds like if used properly, mm -hmm. I mean, kids will probably be able to learn better because mm -hmm. they'll be getting quicker feedback on a lot yep. of their assignments. And they pick it up so, so quick. I mean, I had first graders. I had <laughs> little, it, little kids and they, they picked up how to log in, log out, all that. And Is it easier to teach the kids than the parents in some cases? <laughs> well, I don't, I mean, I, I did have Zoom um, meetings with each of my families to answer any questions. And I sent handouts home. So I was, I was maybe a little more diligent about making sure my families felt comfortable. And if they had any questions to let me know. Um, I think one of the biggest confu uh, confusing parts about it, and Seesaw has even said it, is that there's two apps. And so sometimes parents don't know which Ooh. one am I supposed to have. Yeah, that does get confusing. So, yeah. So like if I expected, like if we were quarantined, I would expect my student to use the Seesaw class app but I only want my parents to use the Seesaw family app. Yep. So that kind of got confusing. So do you think that's something they're going to address in the future? I know I've, I've, they, I've had experience with a lot of companies that have two apps or something like right. that, and they come out with a new version, one new app. Seems like right. everything's a lot more streamlined that way. Uh, and they can have a lot of the features from the other apps built into the app. Uh, do you think that'll happen in the future? I, I don't see that right now. Okay. I know they've done a lot of like, um, they have different handouts that we can send home or different videos that we can tell parents to to look at to kind of help clarify things a little bit more. But the apps do completely different things. And so I don't know how that could necessarily be connected. Well, um, just going over, uh, this all sounds like crazy, awesome technology for the classroom, but this isn't the only technology that's changing in the classroom. Uh, when I've helped you move stuff into your room, mm -hmm. it seems like I remember back when I went to school, one of the best days ever was when the teacher pushed in the old tube TV on, <laughs> yeah. on a little moving movie cart. Day. You knew it was movie day. I you didn't even care what kind of movie it was. Like oh, it can be it educational. Matter. It can be anything, anything and it's better than whatever we'd be doing in school. But uh, I remember taking notes when the teacher would uh, write on a transparency yep. on an overhead projector. Um, and right when I was getting out of college, um, it seemed like some of the rooms were getting the smart boards. And that yep. was the 
pinnacle of technology at the time. Mm -hmm. Well, you said the smart boards are already kind of obsolete. And a lot of teachers are just going to a TV where they're able to wirelessly uh, throw something up from their iPad or mm -hmm. from their computer. Uh, is there any other technology that you use that would have been different from when we were in school? Well, I'd say... I mean, and and it's weird because, you know, I'm in some of those teacher groups on like Facebook or social media, and some of them are like just starting to get into smart boards, you know? So it's, oh, it's so okay. weird to see how, you know, different it is everywhere. So maybe Valley City, even though we're a small town, maybe yeah, we're a little bit like ahead we of the were, curve. Yeah, I feel like we were, yeah. I mean, so this year, after this coming year, you know, K through three, we're going to have one-to-one -one iPads. And so our district, K through 12, will be all one-to-one -one on iPads. And then, um, so that's going to be a big difference. And I have, I've had an iPad, but it's different when my kids will all have one. You know, I always had like an iPad day. So anything I want to do with like Seesaw or any other apps or technology, I'd have to cram it into one day. So now I'll have more flexibility there. But yeah, with the, we'll have a TV. Um, and, and I'd say even just like the document camera, we kind of treat it like the overhead projector. But I guess we'll have an iPad and I, I don't have this kind of document camera yet, but um, I'll be able to just like set my iPad on there and display what's ever underneath it. So for those of you who do not know what a document camera is, it's... It, it, it just displays whatever is on the table in front of me. And so... So um, basically it's like a smart... Uh, overhead projector. Right, exactly. Exactly. But I can use my pens, my pencils, and I can write on whatever paper or whatever I have on the table. If I have like manipulatives of some sort, it just displays whatever it is onto my smart board. Uh, it sounds very neat. I remember back when my grandfather uh, would bring something. Uh, he used to bring cool stuff to my classes for my show and tell. Um, I was I always felt uh, excited to have show and tell when my grandpa could bring something because it would always be something awesome. I remember he had a beehive that he got into a jar mm -hmm. one time. Um, another thing he used to bring was a NASA space tile and he'd do a little demonstration on that. If you guys haven't seen, uh, what I'm talking about with uh, NASA space tile, I actually have a video on my YouTube channel talking about it. It's titled burning a family heirloom. And that was always neat. Mm -hmm. But, uh, Another thing he brought was a projector, uh, really old-fashioned. It would be the type that would be ticking like in a, a wheel. Like a film strip kind of Like a one. film strip and uh, no sound. And all it would be is just pictures. And it was very entertaining. And I think of how far we've come in technology since then. And uh, I don't even know if we'd have those around to... To yeah, even show I, the kids. Exactly. And some of that stuff is cool to go back and see yeah. what other kids or how they learned when they were coming up. And uh, But what did I, I told uh, my kids? Because we, you know, we talk about how school used to be different, you know, way, way, way back when. And, and I always tell them how, you know, I didn't have internet <laughs> when I was a kid. And oh, my goodness, that just like blows their mind because they can't imagine life without it. <laughs> and I've talked to you a little <laughs> bit about this off camera, but uh, I remember the days where we'd go to the computer mm -hmm. lab. The computers would have the green screens and you'd have the floppy yes. disks. And I always dreaded that. Uh, me I, too. I, it I was like stressful for some reason. I absolutely love technology, but in, <sighs> in order to get 
the program that we were supposed to be using to work, mm-hmm. it seemed like it was almost impossible. And for the teachers back then, I can't imagine I know. trying to teach kids how to get a program running uh, using a floppy disk. And, uh, it, and it kids, sounds terrible. Kids are so different now because like my kids in my classroom have no problem just trying things. Like they're excited to where, where I think of myself in the computer lab when I was little, I was afraid to make a mistake because I didn't know what I was doing. And so like I'd try and listen to what the teacher was telling me to do. And, but I mean like my kids, they run those things better than I do. It seems like kids today just know this stuff because they've grown up with it. They have it at home. And I remember for me at least that those computers were just totally foreign to me. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, cause we probably didn't have one at home. And so right. we, yeah. Uh, yep. didn't know how to type, didn't know how to do all that stuff. <laughs> but, uh, and now I look back thinking, man, uh, now how much I love technology. It's yeah. crazy. But, uh, do you think all of this technology in the classroom is a good thing? I think back and I think, I don't know if I'd want to learn everything right. on an iPad. Right. I liked the physical and, books. I liked the, and the you know, pe- paper and pencil. I, I agree. I, I feel, and especially for like the kids that I have, I feel like we're, they're just learning to read and to write words. And mm-hmm. so it is so important that, you know, t- to be doing everything, you know, by hand too. Um, and, and I think it m- I know that I've heard someone say that just because you take something and you like put it on an iPad or incorporate technology, it, it can still be boring. You know what I mean? Like doing a worksheet on an iPad or just doing it right, writing on your desk. It's the same thing. So it's like, right. it's gotta be something that like they would not get out of this lesson if they were to be working on it on a piece of paper, like what I'm giving them to do is going to like push it and really make it stick. You know, and so I, I really pick and choose. And, and like I said, you know, going from one day to then just having every day, I feel like I won't have to cram it all into one day. I'll be able to like seamlessly add it into my lessons where I need it. So just because all this technology is being used doesn't mean you're not still using some of the oh, old principles. For sure. You do no. old, you do the worksheets, mm-hmm. you do uh, writing. Yes. Okay. And that's, that's so important to keep doing that. Right. Yep. Well, yeah, it's very interesting to see how far I know uh, things are have yeah. come. And uh, so, is there stuff that you've heard about that Valley City Schools have hasn't got yet that uh, you'd think, man, that's super futuristic, but it's right around the corner? Have you not, seen not on your I teacher groups or anything like uh-uh. that? Uh, no, like I said, I feel like at times we're almost ahead. And of it what's seems like. Our college in town, mm-hmm. Valley City State mm-hmm. University, has always been on the cutting edge mm-hmm. of technology. Um, it's, I think, it, uh, they promoted as one of the first schools to give all students uh, laptops. Yep. And uh, it seems like I feel like they're really good about preparing their their students and like educators absolutely. for what's going to be in the classroom. And I think that's where I got my kind of love for technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always kind of loved it, but when you're going to school and you're constantly on the computer, constantly yeah. learning uh, cool new things that can improve your workflow, yeah. um, it gets kind of burned into your system. Like, oh, this technology is cool. We've got to embrace it. We've got to learn it right. so we can move forward in the future. Well, and I think one of the beauty, you know, the thing things about it is that you're trying to teach your students, like, what's the best way that you learn? 
you know, so there might be situations where it's a choice where if you want to use your iPad, you can. If you want to draw this out, you can. If you want to make a book, you know what I mean? It's like you want to develop like their love at an early age and, and, and let them go. So do you, do you see kids uh, expanding in the classroom, like trying to learn other programs that mm -hmm. you're not teaching them mm -hmm. through the iPad? Yeah, and something I started like later this spring um, that, again, I'll start sooner if I have iPads every day is coding. Yeah, um, I, I I, that's that, huge. That is huge. And I know my nieces showed me that mm -hmm. uh, games that they're uh, playing in. Uh, what grade did, does that start in? We we started in first grade, like code.org. I mean, kids can code dancing and video games. Yeah, and it, that's amazing it's to amazing. me because. And to me, like, I can still get confused on what to do, but they like, that's what they want to play. And they're just ready to do it. And see, we're building the coders of the future. Yep. Uh, by the time they're through uh, high school, they'll probably be coding like they're reading books. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's, I think that's very cool to see. Yep. Uh, the next generation picking up on stuff like well, that. Well, even like something that I love about it is, like I said, in first grade, it's, we're really trying to build that foundation of reading and all that. And there's so many apps where kids are able to read books or have books read to them. And so they can still develop that love of reading, even if they're still struggling to learn to read. Mm -hmm. See, I think I would have liked it because, you know, back in high school, we had to have mandatory reading. Mm -hmm. And I always hated that. I, I didn't like to just read because I had to read. Right. You know, I like reading. This is odd, but I like reading like manuals for yeah. products and stuff Learning, like that. Learning, things you can learn about that you're interested in. Right. But uh, those types of books were not uh, considered books you should be reading for right. school. So if you read a manual, you get zero credit for mm -hmm. that. But uh, I think it would be cool to have uh, audio books, you mm -hmm. know, on your iPhone and stuff. You can listen to them and... Uh, I think that would be fun if yep. uh, going back and listening to books, but, uh, yeah. And they love that. So, so, uh, speaking of technology, uh, technology that Chelsea can teach me about, uh, this is totally unrelated to the classroom, but it was recently her birthday and she got, uh, what is the machine you got called? A cricket. A cricket. Mm -hmm. Something I've and never, I don't I've, know much to do. So I've never heard of it before, but it's, <laughs> Basically, what is it? I mean, is it a printer? It, is it no, a... No, it's, it's got like a blade and it can cut out different things for you. And you can either, you know, you can make stickers. You can, you know, make different different things. You know, what I see a lot of teachers do is they'll make t-shirts or they'll make cute labels for their classroom. You know, stuff that I'm interested in. <laughs> so... Well, I'm actually excited about it because yeah. I came home from work today and I had a very cool t-shirt made uh, with my... Uh, Jensen Air LLC mm -hmm. website on it, and uh, she told me it's I, some my, sort of yeah. What is it it's called? An infusible in, in, ink. Infusible it's my first ink. time trying an infusible ink. So uh, she says it doesn't wash out. It won't peel. No. It won't crack. So I'm excited. It to It feels see how like this, the shirt. It feels just like the shirt, and yep. it's very comfortable. So I'm uh, excited to see what else you can do. Hopefully. Uh, I was thinking, oh man, it would be cool if she put uh, custom labels on my uh, pod I mics can do or that. custom labels on my computer monitor. Yep. It'll just take me many hours because I'm, <laughs> I'm taking my time because I want to make sure I'm learning to do it right. 
But if you guys want to see what kind of t-shirts these can make, uh, head on over to YouTube. Um, I don't know if this interview is going to be available right away uh, when I post the podcast, but within a week or or so, it should be on there, and you should be able to uh, see what that looks like. Um, this is, like I said at the beginning, this is episode number fifty-nine. So if you go back and, and there is an episode 59 on my YouTube channel, you'll be able to see what I'm talking about when I uh, talk about the T-shirt. And actually, that uh, onesie is also made in the background yep. of our uh, set, is also made with a cricket. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yep. And that's also infusible ink. Yep, your sister made that one. So I'm very excited to see um, what Chelsea makes in the future with this. Um you said it also makes like vinyl and yeah, I have like vinyl stickers and that's what I mean. Teachers will label things with. Yeah, I'll put the logo on the back. So there's just so many different things. I know you can. I know you can get different blades to like cut leather and different materials. Oh, that fabric. could be cool. Yeah. Could you make like uh, sheaths for knives? Sure. No, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I that'd think, be some pretty thick leather. I think the leather, idea but, uh, is that um, people make like jewelry and stuff. Okay. The leather. And you can cut fabric and stuff too. And there's just so many things, but I have to like start little by little. But my big thing is like I always in the summer, especially like getting ready for school, I always like to have those fun teacher shirts. And so I thought oh, I would just love to just make my own because so many times I have in my head what I want and I just can't find the right thing. So I'm, I'm excited to try making some of my own. That's very neat. And while we have you on here... We're going to put you on the spot again. We always talk about just getting started on this podcast. Oh, I know what Have you're going you to say. Have you started your teacher pay teacher yet? No, because now I got this cricket. Oh. <laughs> I know. I need to. I need to. Yep. Uh, well. One day I'll come on here and say I want to talk about starting that up. Well, I want to thank you for being on the uh, podcast tonight. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun. Learned a lot about technology in the classroom and Seesaw. Um, if <laughs> if any of you have any questions about that, you can yeah. definitely message me, but I'm not going to have any answers for you. So what I'll do is I'll pass that off to Chelsea. Hopefully she'll be able to uh, help, get, you out. help you out, get yeah. you an answer. Um, uh, if you want to get started with that, um, you can just sign up at, what is it, just Seesaw.com? Seesaw.me. Seesaw.me. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I want to thank everyone for listening tonight. We've got a lot of fun stuff planned in the future. Um, Chelsea, before I go, do you have any questions you want to put me on the spot before we... Oh, I wish I had known. I would have. Well, this is why I drop it at the end, so hopefully oh, you don't have anything for me. Man. <laughs> How do you, after after hearing everything that I've talked about tonight, yep. how do you think I could incorporate the stream deck into my classroom? Uh, I think uh, endless possibilities for that. Uh, I think uh, running, even just launching different websites that you have for your kids. I know you talk about, uh, isn't there some sort of videos you show the kids? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. You can set it up so you don't have to. Is that through a website? Yep. So instead of... Uh, pulling up a browser and typing in the website and clicking on the video, you can just have a link set directly up on your stream deck, push that one button and it'll all come up. So what if I, like a lot of the, I use a ton of sites with my kids all all day, but most of them I have a username and password. Would a stream deck bypass that? 
Good question. I don't think it would bypass it. I still think you'd have to like sign in. Like then I'd in. have to still go back to the keyboard. You, and you probably would have to sign in on a lot okay. of that. Hmm, that's a good question. I wonder if you can set up a multiple um, thing. I'll have to or, like a, or like a button where it's like, because, I mean, or, or, you know, if there's different passwords Inter- or whatever. Interesting. Yeah, because I, I know there's a button on here where you're able to uh, just enter text. Mm-hmm. So I, I like uh, for my YouTube videos here, I always type in the same thing. Like, do you want to see more content? Head on over to PrestonJensen.com. Mm-hmm. And I write that, you know, every single video, typing that out, typing that out. And every time I do it, I think, man, I'm wasting a lot of time here. I just click that button and boom, it's entered. It's in there. So, and and uh, like I said in the podcast previous to this, a lot of this stuff with the Stream Deck, you can just program into any regular keyboard. But right. the thing that's so cool about the Stream Deck is that it's got a visual on right. it. So you can just look at it and... It looks really cool and it looks really nice. Push a button and a subscribe button will come up. Right. And I can see the subscribe button on the pad, so mm-hmm. it's easy to... Uh, it just makes things easier, especially when you're running a live stream or a video like this podcast. Well, I mean, and and it's going to change for me this year because where I'd have to like, usually with my smart board, I always had to change different sources like to document camera or video or to mirror my screen. Um, and I guess with the TV, I won't have to do that. But I think that would probably be really slick if I'm switching between so many things to just be able to push a button instead of. Give me a minute, you guys. I got to search for this. Yes, you could definitely set all of that up. And uh, if it doesn't have the custom icons like uh, you see on here. Mm-hmm. You um, can make those? You can just download a photo or you could go over to like Canva or something and customize a logo and then have that saved on here. And mm. then you know exactly what you're doing. So uh, one of the cool things uh, about this that I didn't know about it when I got it is... We're using Ecamm Live, and I've just got a main view set up uh, where it's just this camera, and it's Chelsea and I. Just I call it the main view uh, scene. Well, if you look at this button, it's actually giving us a live preview right now of oh, cool of the main view. So mm-hmm. there's little things a mini, like mini, that. Mini. A very <laughs> mini, 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 and it's very delayed. It's uh, but still cool. It's still very cool. So uh, this thing has really impressed me. Um, I know there's a lot of other products like it on the market, uh, so maybe this isn't the cheapest option. And uh, also, another thing, a new uh, software just got released for the Roadcaster Pro, Mm. and I'm actually maybe two or three updates behind on it, and I've had a lot of questions on how to use some of the new updates on my YouTube channel, and I keep telling people I haven't updated it because it does everything that I want it to do already. Mm -hmm. And... uh, I don't want to mess up my workflow. Right. I'm so, I get yep. into such a routine that I don't want to mess it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I feel like if I update it and, oh, now it's just not quite the same, then I've got to redo my workflow. And what I've been trying to do on this YouTube or this podcast and my YouTube channel is make sure everything is streamlined so it becomes less work. I can just create content and right. Away you go. So, and that's kind of that reminds me a little bit about our smart boards. And I think one of the big reasons we're kind of getting away from it is our our district's really good about updating technology and always keeping up with everything. So we got the new MacBooks, and it ha- they have the is it the M one chip? M one chip. And yep. so I think just the smart notebook program that we use to to do any lessons with smart the smart board, um, it, it just wasn't ready for it, and it. 
it wasn't able to support it. And so that was kind of a difficult so, yeah, change. Yeah, that was kind of a bummer because I remember, yeah, remember and I love you it. said that uh, you got the M1 MacBooks and I thought, wow, mm-hmm. that is way ahead of the curve. Yeah. I mean, uh, I hadn't got it for my podcast at the time. I'm using the Mac Mini with the M1 chip. And I thought, man, that is ahead of the game. But yep. like you said, there are some problems with buying the latest and greatest. Right. And uh, I love right it. I, I love my MacBook and I use it. I mean, even in the summer right here, I, I use it every day. I'm constantly using it. But yeah, it's just everything else just couldn't keep up with it yet. Right. Yep. And I noticed that's uh, And I know I'm an guessing issue, they're working on it too. It's a good it's a good problem to have though right. to be able to work through those kind of things and be ahead of the game instead of right. trying to catch up all the time. Oh, so. for sure. And it's something that I really really appreciate about our district is that they're always like, okay, what's out there? What should we be trying? What should we be using? Very cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you guys all for listening. It's been a lot of fun learning right now, but now hopefully I'm going to convince Chelsea to go watch the NBA Finals <laughs> game one tonight. We'll see. And hopefully by now the Minnesota Twins are already beating the White Sox. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> uh, I've got a lot of stuff planned for tonight, a lot of stuff planned for this podcast and uh, my YouTube channel in the future. I thank all of you for listening, and I thank you for all of the likes, subscribes, great comments. I'm having a lot of fun with this, and I hope you are too. Thank you.